Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast, and this is an episode with Gabriel Rutledge. I recorded this episode, uh, and you're going to find this out over the next couple weeks, but I recorded this episode on a drive to Arlington, Washington, which was conveniently about two hours to get there, another hour to get home. So uh, we're going to make three episodes out of this because I'm having my tonsils removed on Tuesday. And so this is all, everything that's happening on this podcast from the time you hear it was recorded in the past. So if something changed, uh, these episodes have been, they're preordained. They are, uh, they're already, they're already uploaded before I get my tonsil surgery. So um, if something changed, we, you know, we got honest and real and all that stuff. If you don't like them, just know that the next three weeks are this. <laughs> so take three weeks off the podcast. Uh, the, the guest, like I said, is Gabriel Rutledge. We were in my car driving safely. I have a, I had a recorder attached to the dashboard so that we didn't have to hold mics or anything stupid like that. Um, you know, we got into it. We got into comedy stuff. We got into like real world stuff. It's going to be broken into, I think, three parts. So if it's three parts, they're going to each be about an hour long. And I don't know exactly where they're going to cut off. I'm going to try to find like a natural cutoff spot. So uh, follow. Oh, this is the big thing. And actually, this will be convenient to promote this three weeks in a row. But Gabe and I are in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, June 4th and 5th. Um, and then if you live in Missoula, Montana, he'll be there June 6th. If you live in Spokane, Washington... I'm headlining Spokane Comedy Club June 6th. Please come out to that by the way. Like I'm going to I'm going to try to get a good booking video out of that, but the uh money potential for us is much much higher at, in Coeur d'Alene. So come out to all those shows. If you come out to see us in Coeur d'Alene, I'll be doing more material in Spokane, so uh it won't be the complete same show. And if you uh come to see me in Spokane, if you plan on coming to see me in Spokane, um, yeah, you're going to get, some, and you go to Coeur d'Alene, you're going to get some of the same shit. Follow Gabe on, uh, social media. He is at Gabe Rutledge on Twitter. And then he's, I think Gabriel Rutledge on TikTok, where he's doing pretty well. He's also got a podcast called the Rutledges that he does with his wife. And, uh, I guess I'm just going to use this intro for all of the podcasts. So if, if it says part one, it's the first hour of our drive. If it says part two, it's the uh, second hour of our drive. And if it says part three, it's the time that we're coming home. And if you're listening to that, uh, there's we had uh, the battery died on the recorder. 
So I recorded on my phone for the last like 15 minutes and it was, it's, that doesn't sound great, but I, you know, it, it extends the conversation. Uh, it ends at a weird point. I did listen to that part. It ends at a weird point. So anyway, please check my stand updates at the com slash calendar. I'm all over the Northwest in the coming months. Please, uh, listen, uh, you know, tell your friends about this podcast. Follow me on social media at the Casey McLean across all platforms. Thank you for listening. And in a couple weeks, I'll be back live and in the flesh, hopefully without a, uh, a persistent sore throat. All right. Thank you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. It is very funny how many people think that comedy is like, uh, Uh, like cocaine fueled 80s. Have you ever done cocaine, Gabe? No. Me either. Are we recording? No. <laughs> this is actually, I'm going to send this to an attorney. I actually haven't. And then once he hit like 35, what I'm saying is you have a year. <laughs> I, have, I have two months. <laughs> I got to get it in. I, don't, I think that I'm. Lucky that cocaine was never, never became. There's you know, way more cocaine than there used to be in comedy, though. Right now there is? Yeah. In, just in general, the last, whatever, five to seven years. Yeah. Like, I, it, it never was totally gone, but it just wasn't, like, talked about that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot more than it used to be. I think... Uh, it's way up and then way down. All right. Can't can't miss a goddamn second of this of this gold. Um, just want to be a person, Casey. Just <laughs> Sorry, I gotta, be a person. I need to exploit you for the entertainment. Welcome of, back to the Desperate for Content podcast. <laughs> I gotta exploit you for something, some dozens of listeners, maybe two dozen. I don't even. I don't. Every. This is not the way they want me to go. Where are we going? We're rerouting. <sighs> Doing a U-turn. If we get pulled over and I get shot in Arlington. Is Arlington? Arlington? I don't know if it is, but it sounds like the site of a historic assassination. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. I know Kennedy was in Dallas, but that could have been Arlington just as easily. You see, the thing is, Google Maps doesn't know about this roundabout. They think it's just like a hard left. Yeah. That's what fucked me. You're lucky they know about Arlington. <laughs> that's one of my... That's one of my... Uh, I was going to say it's a hacky opening joke, but whatever. It's just an opening joke. Uh, if it's like some tiny, tiny town. Uh, and <laughs> it's old, though. So it was like... This is a map quest joke. Mm. Uh, which uh, at the one point in time, I thought we all thought that was like is that the cutting edge? Oh my god! But <clears throat> of course, if you miss a turn, you're done because there's no yeah. you know. But I'd be like, uh, I'd make some joke about how small a town was, and I'd be like, yeah, MapQuest just said when you give up hope, take a left. <laughs> oh, we laughed, Casey. We laughed. You don't. Were you impressed with my, I think the entire population of Arlington is here, both shows, and got nothing either time? I appreciated your commitment. (laughs) 
You know what's funny is like I had a I had a sort of a nice opening riff the first show and because we did two shows like at a comedy club I would have done it every night for seven shows in a row right but it's just I'm looking at the staff I'm like I can't they're about to hear a lot of the same stuff yeah. I can't start with the same thing that was somewhat off the top of my head last year I can't do it I just can't do it I can't do the same fake riff <clears throat> At a comedy club, you assume these people understand the mechanics of comedy and yeah. know they're not—they're prepared to be disappointed. Yes, the magic is worn off. Which is why, when you get a compliment um, from a comedy club waitstaff, and I believe you will, Casey. I believe One that they—I believe in you. Uh, <laughs> um, it almost makes you stop. You're like, "Wow, fuck, thank you," because yeah. it's, it's like you know, to them, it's white noise. Literally, when we're talking. <laughs> uh, I had this was my most flattering moment as I had this joke I think it was actually maybe the origins like the, the early the embryo of that ass eating joke um, but I uh, I told it once and then I let it go for a long time and then I was talking about it and the man the old manager at Tacoma Comedy Club Tony uh, he goes, oh no, that night you told it, it was like, he like recited the joke back to me. I told it twice ever. But he remembered it. He remembered it, and he he's like, yeah, I thought it was funny, but the, they're like, in the crowd, it was like mostly dates, so maybe they didn't think it was, which I, by the way, uh, saying it's mostly dates in the crowd is such a nice way of telling you you bombed. Like, oh yeah, they didn't like it because it was mostly dates, and you're like, yeah, but... What is that? I don't understand what the what. I've never understood the core. I've heard that a lot of times because I bomb a lot, Gabe. I actually, I'm not trying to say this to uh, get a shot in, but I had never heard that. Oh yeah. I never heard that. Like, while well, it's date night, I've heard it's Groupon. I've heard, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but I, I just what I didn't get out of it is like, so they didn't like a relationship joke is that the like you know like what's the what's yeah. like I don't get the well, maybe if it's an early date though that's too <laughs> you know ass eating's not a first date topic yeah. that's a I'm old fashioned but that's third date for me <laughs> <laughs> it does it does feel like he knew he was claiming to know more about these people's lives than he actually knew yeah but yeah it was very flattering where he's like not only did he could he basically he was like giving me the tags I couldn't remember which was like blowing my mind oh that's great and then he's like yeah and I liked it even it's like the crowd didn't appreciate it as much as they should which that's almost better than a laugh is to have someone go that deserved more like a comic say that yeah. deserved more is almost better I mean that, it still take the laugh that's how stupid comedy is is like we're constantly thinking of trying to come up with new ideas, trying to hone those ideas, and then someone will be like, hey, remember this thing you said? It was hilarious. And you're like, why am I not doing that? Yeah. I'm so stupid. I'm trying to make this new joke about bullshit, and you know. Oh, you told me something to take to the stage the other day, too. We were talking about it on the on the previous episode. We were talking about someone telling me to take the... You, I had a tweet. Yeah. Oh, you didn't do it tonight, though, did you? No, I actually wrote a thing... In between shows, and then I was like, I don't know how to figure, I don't know how to fit it into this. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem of, um, although all this 
I'll be honest, since coming back from coronavirus, I'm not really fitting anything in. I'm all over the place. I'm like, <laughs> what else? I did a thousand-year-old joke tonight because it popped into my head. I'm just, you know, I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm not super organized. But that is always the problem is like, oh, I have this new joke I want to try out. Where does it fit? Or at yeah. least not ruin things. Well, and a lot of times for me, and I, I'm, I don't know if this is how it works for you, but I'll think of a line. And a lot of jokes that I have are like, oh, this line would fit in that joke. Oh, well, then with that line, you know, it's like it kind of unlocks a new level to the joke or whatever. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I, it's very rare that something comes to me as like an eight-minute chunk. Uh, no, that's very unusual. It's like a series of 45-second chunks that I can put together yeah. into larger chunks. Wait, what's that Tony? Tony's... This is probably not the thing we should say. What's his last name? Martinez. But, did, but didn't he have a nickname? Um. No, there was Biggie, who was, there was a Adam. There was a maybe this is that guy, but I don't know. I, Wait, was there a gay guy named Tony that worked there? I don't. Used, when I started, there was a gay bartender, and then he just like disappeared one day. Like went. I can't remember. Oh, Tony Mart. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. He's trying to give me a gig. He moved to Colorado Springs. <clears throat> you should take me with you. <laughs> if, if I get it. He seemed very optimistic it would happen. And then I looked at their calendar. I'm like, really? Dude, I know. I know. I know. I was in Oklahoma City, and I he like liked something of mine on Instagram. So I was like, oh, I haven't talked to him in a long time. So I pulled his... Facebook got him up and I'm like, this motherfucker's working at a comedy club and didn't tell me? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we talked for a little bit about, he's like, you're on my list of features. And, I, you know, he's like, it's funny because he's the first guy that I've been, like, friends with. He, you know, had, like, a, uh, a move. He didn't work in comedy for a little bit and now he's back and it's like, oh, I have, like, a contact. I have, like, a real yeah, contact yeah, yeah, at a yeah, club yeah. in Colorado. I mean, like, a guy that... Because right now, I'm, like, living off of... I got an email back from a fucking... The, you know, whatever club in Chicago that said, like, oh, we'll forward it to the right people. We really like this joke. And I'm like, that's the only thing keeping me going right now. Yes, and it's... You never know where those are going to come from. It's like... Uh, in, in, in my book that will come out someday, I described... I described how my comedy career is put together like um, it's like a detective trying to solve a cold case with you know there's like lines and pictures all across the map of like you know this person used to work here they got me in there they quit there but they got me in you know and uh, part of coronavirus is just watching all those lines be cut you know what I mean like <laughs> oh fuck but yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is crazy. Like if you, if I got that gig, people are like, how'd you get that gig? And they'd be like, well, oh, this guy, Tony, yeah. who used to work at Tacoma, you know, that's how it happens. That's how, uh, at the, at the nuts and bolts comedy club level of non-draws, that's how, you know. Yeah, it kind of feels like, well, first off, I mean, like. A whole bunch of what I've been able to do is just shit that you're able to do and bring somebody. Yeah, so, sure. So, so like that's uh, that's a good way is to just to find an to find an established headliner to 
That is a good way, but there's a shelf on that. There's a there's a ceiling on that. That's sure. a better word. Because at, at some point, you're going to be like, well, I should. It's already happened. Where you're like, well, this is a gig I should be headlining. You know? Right. Um, now, not necessarily some nice club in Colorado Springs, but, yeah. you know, some Northwest shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, that's, it's, uh, that's. That's a nice thing about not headlining yet all the time. Yeah. Is, uh, I mean, when you headline, you're still getting gigs from other people's recommendations and no one's bringing you to anything. Right. And that, when that kind of went away when I started headlining, I was thrilled to be headlining, but I'm also like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I've, I've heard this said by comics for, like, you know, years, and then I am experiencing it some, which is the friends that I have in comedy I see less and less and less and now like I was thinking about that 10th anniversary show which I was for sure the last person that they booked um and then but you and Brad Upton when is the last time you guys were on the same show it's gotta be a long time ago yeah it's usually something like that or In fact, the first thing that came to mind was the last comedy club anniversary show we were on. Mm. Uh, but that one, we've seen each other. Where did I see him? I definitely saw him somewhere. It's, but it's, I would say it's like once a year. I see him right. once a year somewhere. Um, he's hanging out in the same place I am. Or, um, but it's, uh, yeah, that's that was one of those shows, that 10th anniversary show, where it's like, Everyone did fine, right? The show yeah. was good. But at the same time, I just, sometimes the crowd, it's just like, I think the crowd was like, that was a fun show. And I'm like, do you understand how much experience and years of dedication to craft you just saw from, you know? And, and it's like, of course they don't. Why would they give a right. shit? That's not their job. And they, again, they had a great time. People had great sets, but it was just, it is just one of those things where they're like, it's almost like open mic energy. Yeah. So they're like, oh, who's next? And you're like, oh, okay. It's the, it's the thing where they're like, it's, this is like the least, people think this is a nice thing to say, but it's not. It's when they go, you know, I couldn't do that. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage to get up there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like I, so I did a, I went to a baseball game with Josh Firestein yesterday, and Josh and I used to like if do. If you're trying to name drop, you suck at it. Yeah, this is. <laughs> he hosts a roast podcast. He can handle it. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he's headlining that gig that we just did next month. See, that's the thing too. Is like I. So the gig that I think we're talking about that I said I should have headlined is yeah. this uh, Lane gig. Yeah. And at, first off. There's like a, I've come out of the pandemic realizing I have enough material to headline. Yeah. A show like that. I'm not saying I can go, but I was worried, one, that like a lot of the material would be rusty for a long time, because the last time I was doing it, I was doing comedy several times a week, and now, Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to try to go do 45, but also like, uh... Honestly, just like seeing Josh headline shit, I'm like, oh, I guess I could ask to headline that. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of how it works. Is it, It's people that you feel like are your sort of similar class almost, and you're like, oh, 
okay, because you don't want to be, it's such a fine line of, you have to constantly push for it, but at the same time, if you push for it too early, people are like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, it's, and that's why I didn't, I, people were a lot nicer to me before I headlined. Right. (laughs) Because... Sometimes people come along and they uh, upset the apple cart. I should get a more modern reference, but it's meaning like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. And then all of a sudden that guy is headlining your opening for him and you've been doing comedy five years longer. You're right. like, fuck this guy. Almost in a way like, I got to get my own shit together. So there is that. There well, is I think that. that's... I mean, that... you're, you're at the level where if you headline, someone will be mad about it. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... Every time Josh headlines a gig, I'm like, fuck, why am I not headlining that gig? Like, how did, you know, I think we're at similar levels, and why, uh, and I mean, he's like, you know, one of my best friends in comedy. Right. But the thing I was getting at is, like, we don't, we used to see each other all the time. We were at every fucking back of every open mic, and it doesn't even feel like it was that long ago, but it's like, fuck, like, even... You know, I've opened for him a couple times. I tried to book him to open for me, and then he got booked on a... He's, there's this guy, this fella named Ron White in Oklahoma City. He's, Casey, why would you bring this up right now? <laughs> the know, best part is that I know that he knows you got offered it, I'm sure. I feel bad about that. That he knows? Well, I, I had just... I had been offered to middle for Ron White in Oklahoma City. And uh, in a city where I can't headline the club, that he's talking, or, or it would throw me off in some other clubs I work. In. Yeah, the strings get complicated, <laughs> you know. But uh, so I, I couldn't do it because my stupid son's graduated from high school. Oh my god, we get it. You have a three point four. Who gives a shit? <laughs> That's pretty good. As mine was two eight. So, uh, but I was disappointed I couldn't do it. And so it, had, it was the next day I was working with Josh, and then I go, this is the same shit you tell your kids about when you invite people to your birthday party, don't tell everyone else. Uh, I was complaining about it to Josh, and I'm like, oh man, I really wanted to do it, it would have been so <laughs> fun. And then he's like, well, I'm doing it. Ah, like, oh, fuck, sorry, son of a bitch. He doesn't give a shit, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he and I are both at the point where it's like, you know, if they were like a headliner dropped out, I wouldn't be like, I am not a dropout replacement. I'd be like, no, wherever you want me to be in the fucking yeah. continental U.S., I'll be there. You tell me. We just passed um, Tulalip Casino, where I'm gonna say, you know, I I've done so many Northwest shows because I live here, but I bet I I've done that one maybe more than any other place that's oh, not wow. a comedy club. And they haven't had comedy in a couple years. But it was it was supposed to be every six months, but I feel like it was more like four or five. And it was just one of those shows where I may as well have been running a forklift. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm the clock in at Tulalip Casino. <laughs> Some of the shows were great. It was a big, giant room and uh, a free show, so that always sucks. But I was... Should I tell this? I don't, I don't know. It was just one of those coming of, not coming of age, but like one of those things where you're like, fuck, this business is weird. Is one time they brought in um, Jake Johansson. Mm. Uh, 
intro is he was on Letterman 40 something times. <laughs> 40? I don't remember the exact number, but it's in the 40s. I mean, it's that's an insane number. And that's like, he's also been on The Tonight Show. He's also at HBO Specials. He's also at Showtime Specials. And like, Pat brought him in as like a special event. But no one gave a fuck. And it was so <laughs> sad to me. He did fine. It's not like he bombed, but I just mean like, there wasn't even like a poster that was like any different than any other Wednesday show. Yeah. It was just like, she brought him in for this special event. He couldn't, you know, he's a person, you look at his comedy career and you're like, man, awesome. And then, you know, it, you can say in the intro, uh, he works clubs and colleges all across the country, or he's been on Letterman 40 times and the crowd gives an equal fuck. They yeah. don't, care and they ignored him like they ignore everyone and then after the show he's you know he has a great career but he's like well I'm doing more corporates I'm not that big of a draw at clubs I'm just like fuck this like I need I I need to think that goes away at some level yeah but it doesn't it really doesn't <laughs> well yeah I mean that's the that's the funny thing is I don't have a lot of credits and I I'm like skeptical of Outside of like now, if you were like I was on Conan, but even that's like, is Conan really selling tickets? No, I mean the best a credit will do in an intro is is they'll be like, oh, okay, maybe that's something. Tell me, tell me this: Do you think a credit means more? Because I don't even care about it at all in the intro. Because first off, it's because I don't have any that are like. Yeah, if you said Conan, if I had a Conan, maybe that would be different than... Yeah. The ones I have, I'm just like, just say them because that's where they go. Like, that's something goes there. So if, they, if you want to say something, these are the ones that I yeah. would say. I don't care at all because I know the audience doesn't care. I literally, the only thing I have is like, don't say I'm a new dad because I have jokes about it. And I'd like yeah. to be able to do them when I want to do them and not, like, have to address the intro. Yeah. Um, and I have a podcast that has my name in it, so it's kind of, I don't say this, but I, I've thought about it before where it's like a podcast called Nobody Likes Casey McClain. Well, if you say he has a podcast called Nobody Likes Casey uh, McClain, yeah. I think it takes some of the teeth that'll give it up for Casey McClain, you know? Yeah, that's Which is true. stupid on my part for putting that. And it's also a very self-deprecating title. Right. Which is the wrong ramp up. Yeah, it's meant to be funny. Yeah. But it's not... Yeah, it's so... Anyway, and then even, like, the other thing is, literally, everybody fucks it up when they say it. They say everyone hates... Yeah. Everybody hates Casey McClain. Which is... Again, it's... It's fine to, like... I don't give a fuck. That's the thing that get Like, I don't care at all. Now, if I was... If I had credits that mattered... So, oh, that was my question is... Do credits matter to bookers? Yes. So that's where I care about credits. It's, but they also know it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's like, it's it's something to put on the poster. Right. Not that they can't make it up. Uh, <clears throat> but I do think that it's like, <clears throat> it's, you know, they don't. They have plenty of YouTube people who. Or, or TikTok people, or and their credit is it's the person. You yeah, know? but those people are moving tickets. Yes, I think 
yes, I do think it matters. I do, I do, I don't think it matters as much as, and even, like, whatever, you compare my career to a Wayans brother, it's obviously nowhere in the same ballpark, right? Right. Um, but, when the posters are lined up on the wall, even if you don't know who I am, you it, there's an Amazon Prime thing, there's a Comedy Central thing on there, there's a Nickelodeon thing, or whatever. It's just like, oh, okay. I mean, even though we're wildly different in fame and the money we're going to make at the show. Right. It's like, they don't know the Comedy Central's from 2009. <laughs> right. You know, they don't know... Uh, and it doesn't matter once you're on stage, but it is, it's it's hard to headline as local favorite. Right. I've done plenty of that, too. I've been called club favorite a lot of times, which is like, it's, if it was true, it's nice, but it's also like, does that mean you couldn't think of anything to say? <laughs> is there, uh, have you gotten old enough to be called a local legend yet? <sighs> yeah, I struggle with that, too, sometimes, uh... You know, the burden of being considered a legend, it just wears on you. <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate that, and I also, um, <clears throat> there is, sometimes there's an undertone of, this is probably my own insecurity. You can tell we already recorded on the way up, because we're getting to the good shit on the way back. <laughs> but, there, I do feel like there's some, some of the compliments about me are that I should have been bigger, better, should have gone somewhere. Um, and uh, I don't, I get that and I appreciate the sentiment and um, and I also think, I hope this isn't too honest, I also think people look at me and they go, I think, I mean, I think you look at me and you go like, hey, this guy has a family, he's a comedian, it shows a path that exists. Right. I think a lot of people think that, but it's also, wait a minute, <laughs> this guy, excuse the arrogance of this, this guy fucking, I've seen this guy crush, he kills every time I see him, and like, why is he doing Stein's Tap House in Arlington? <laughs> so it's like, in the same way that I look at Jake Johansson and I go like, oh, I thought he would have some better life because he's been in Letterman 40 times. People right. under me look at me and go like, I thought I thought I would be getting, you know, I'm hosting the show, this guy's headlining. Right. And someday I want comedy specials and this guy doesn't fucking have comedy specials. It throws off the balance of what you think is possible. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's like how inexact the process of because where I'm at is like I just want these people to respond to my emails when I say I want yeah. to feature at their club. You know what I mean? Sure. And uh, that's a numbers, man. That's math. You gotta get it sucks, but you gotta just not take that shit personally. You know? Oh yeah. I, and I, I mean, like also, like I've everything I've gotten in comedy, every contact I've made is not. I mean, it's rare that it's like first contact. I here's what I'll say, and uh, it won't even hail in comparison to your arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I deliver when you book me. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I don't, it's rare that I will go bomb on a booked show where I'm taking, right. where it's like important to me, right? Right. So like, yes, I'm not, I'm not 
the aforementioned in the previous part of this. I'm not Phil Schalberger. I'm not changing the world of comedy. You may not be able to see where I might be a fucking, you know, adding shows on a weekend in five right. years. But your crowd's going to like me. I feel confident that right. basically any club crowd is going to like me. And uh, I just need to convince these fucking, these uh, bookers in, you know, whatever, Chicago and and Cedar Rapids and whatever the... Yes. And it's also, when you're talking about credits, it's... That's... You know, there, there, there was a time before my time where every comedian had credits. Right. And all of them. It was just like, whatever, even in the improv or... You know, uh, just various, or even uh, maybe not Tonight Show, maybe not Letterman, but just, I mean, everyone had TV credits, because I guess there was just less comedians and more TV, but uh, with comedy on it, but it's like, that's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different now, it's, 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 I think it's harder because of the numbers, and I also, like, where we live, the only reason I have any TV credits in the past decade is because I've done festivals and contests. <clears throat> right. And that's, you know, those are really hard to get in, and they're not a guarantee, but, like, you know, I got, the reason I did, this is not even recent, but the reason I did someone on Nick Jr. was because I did the Laughing School Comedy Festival. Uh, the reason I did this on my Amazon Prime is because I did it again. And I, I got that out of it. Um, you know, so it's like, the reason I got Comedy Central is because I hosted the Seattle International Comedy Competition. So it's like, that's... I'm, But I'm not... The, the people who get Conan or The Tonight Show are like, they're in such a different pipeline than you and I are in. Right. In this fucking abandoned cor quarter of the corner of the country where we live in. Uh, so it's... it's you know, it's almost... Of course, everyone wants... I have... I think I might get something else in my life, but, I mean, I have zero path to any TV credit right now. Right. There's no... I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not up for anything. There's... I guess I talked to a America's Got Talent lady a couple times. Uh, but that's... It's not... It's... Even though it's a thing... Does it help? Yes. But it's almost like... It's it's almost not even worth focusing on. Right. Because it's so... Other than let, let's try to do a festival or something like that. It's so random and it's so hard to like... You know, uh, when agents and managers and teams of people are behind... And they all know each other. That's when I, when I did these festivals. That's... I'm like... You know, eventually I kind of got to the point where like if I go to a festival now, I know people. But like when you show up to a festival... And the judges and industry people are like, hey, Tim, hey, Cindy, hey. I'm like, you fuckers know each other? Right. What, how does this, no wonder you're not booking me, yeah. you know? No wonder you all aren't booking me. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, it's this weird, uh, it's, it's a, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's, you know, I've, I've done festivals where they didn't, and contests that didn't go the way I want, but it's also, you know, the people who do Conan sometimes go back to their temp job the next day. Right. And I'm like, well, that's not the path I wanted 
either, but it is, it's, there's no great path to do this, but it is, it's like, that idea of like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I've, I've sent you messages about this. I mean, we have to maintain a friendship because those messages ever go out. We're in deep <laughs> shit. We're in deep shit. If right one now. of us ever gets famous, there's a fucking hostage situation. <laughs> you see this shit? Like, oh no. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, people people will send me messages. They're like, "I need some TV credits. How do you do that?" I'm oh like, yeah. I don't fucking know, man. I would have more. Yeah, of course. You know, like, I don't... But, it, like, they think that you just haven't been on TV in a couple of years. Because you're just like, ah, I don't really like it. I'm not really into it. Uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not all about that scene. It's all glitz and glamour. I hate wearing makeup. I will never do it again. By the way, I'm back in this situation where I'm in the carpool lane and a guy's just like, I can tell he wants to pass me. But I'm like, I'm doing ten over you, motherfucker. I'm going to let him go, but I don't like it. I'm just sick of seeing his headlights in my but that's the that's when comedy gets overwhelming because it's a it's a there's so many paths and there's so many things to not do right yeah <laughs> and there's so many things that seem impossible but it's also these tiny incremental things that even if they're not adding up to like where you want to go eventually they're adding up to something you know so I'm, yeah I'm trying to get into a festival I'm trying to get into a festival. Yeah. The only festival I've ever gotten into is the Burbank Comedy Festival, which is like, it's like winning free tickets at a comedy club. Yeah. Like, oh, if you email us, you'll be entered into a chance to win free tickets, and it's crazy that 100% of the people that email win. <laughs> uh, Burbank, you know, it's like, you they just want your 50 bucks. Yeah. And then you're going to spend $1,500 to travel and lodge yourself to do, you know, 15 minutes over yeah. three sets in a, in a fucking week. And uh, they're all spread out, so you can't just come for a certain amount of days. And then you're going to have the industry fucking Q&A thing. I, so I got into it, and I canceled. Because I got my first feature weekend at Spokane Comedy. Yeah. And I then looked at, like, the, the schedule... And the industry panel, I'm like, oh, I fucking already know all these people. Yeah. That's kind of how you also know. But they don't always put it out early. Right. Where it was like, there's an industry panel, and then they're like, you know, with Pat Wilson. Right. And you're like, I mean, no, that's a Northwest booker, and no offense to her, I work for her all the time, but it's like, oh, well, that, fuck that. Well, yeah, no, that's what I, that, she was one of them, and, I, and it's not even like anything against her. That's it's why just, I work to Layla Casino so many right. times. Yeah, it's not even anything against her no. or, or uh, the people that own laughs or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I can access these people. I don't need to go to Burbank, California to access these people. Um, um, I got my first rejection this year, and it was funny because a couple days before that, I had seen there's this comic that was in Seattle for a while, and I don't think I don't think Seattle liked him very much, and but I like him fine. And he moved to, uh, like, North Carolina, I think. And then all of a sudden he's just like, it'll be like, I know someone who's on this show in San Diego. Oh, fuck. This, his name's Reed Clark. Okay. I'm like, Reed Clark? I'm literally like, he is fucking everywhere. He's in San Diego. He's in New York. He's in Virginia. He's in, you know, North Carolina. He's in Austin. 
and uh, you know he's living like kind of a nomadic lifestyle it seems like which is you know I am a little jealous of that sure but then he got into this comedy festival and I was like oh that's interesting because I I guess I would have assumed that he and I wouldn't be like a horrible like it's not like he's super clean and I'm dirty or uh, he is a he is black but I but that's like a I'm even like, our comedy isn't like, it's like equally offensive. And then I looked up the, the past lineups and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have applied for this. Like, this is a, for sure they don't like what I sent them. There's no way yeah. that they're booking those comics to headline their festival. And then they're going to look at, I sent them a, a thing that's got like, you know, like, I think clever, but like racial stuff. And yeah, it's, it's the constant feeling of. Comedy is always, am I underqualified or overqualified? Right. <laughs> like, oh, should I do this festival? And then you're like, no, I think most of the people in this are under my level. Right. And then there's the other side of like, should I do this? And you're like, oh, there's no fucking way I'm getting into that. Right. You know? Uh, so it is, yeah, it's, I mean, some festivals are... It's hard to figure out what's what, but I, I mean, Laughing Skull is a really good one because their industry is really good. They get they get they get people who can really do shit for you. Right? Did they do that much shit for me? No, but you know, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> that, but that's also super hard to get into, right? Because of, um, you know, I think they bring in some people who are sort of headlinery level, but it's a lot of, you know, that the math of, of, of being a, a, a white dude is not going to fucking help uh, on, on a thing like that. They're definitely trying to be getting, you know what I mean, be well representative. Yeah. As Biden would say, they want the festival to look like America. Uh, so, well, what the, yeah, the, the thing about that, and I know we've talked about this, the thing about that that bugs me is it doesn't look like America. It looks like a super overrepresented minority population in America. They want I love I love the idea of representation. Mm-hmm. But well, just for the record, there's plenty of I mean I won and I'm Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but it, You're but as I, white as they come. I am I am uh, translucent. No, I uh, yeah it's uh Well but I think that's kind of a thing too, right? Is is this is gonna sound like very right wing. But when you make white dudes wait till they're like five years after they should have been in it, <laughs> they're gonna be really fucking good compared to the people who got in two years before they should have been in it or whatever the thing is. Well, you know? there is something to that because <clears throat> it's the way it shook down in that particular. I mean, I the first year I did it, I didn't make it out of the first round, but um, the year that I did win, it was a lot of, um, it was like a lot of very funny people, of course. There was a few that legitimately were not great at comedy. (laughs) There was a few. But the way it shook down was, it's like, by the time the finals came around, like, I mean, probably the second most experienced person in the finals was probably, you know, Renan, probably. And like, you know, he's nowhere close to 20 years in. Yeah. And I, I think I was 17 or in at the time or whatever. Um, he's a great comic, by the way. Uh, 
Uh, and then there was, uh, but anyway, but by the time I got to like the semifinals, it was like, it was like me and all these five to seven year comics. And it was like, that was a benefit for me. That was an advantage right. for me because, um, because, you know, just the experience level was so vastly different between me and everyone else in the thing, you know? But yeah, it is, it is, um, but I mean, we've talked about this, I'm sure, before, because it is definitely a disadvantage to, in a festival or a TV booking or anything like that, it is not an advantage to be a heterosexual white man, right. for sure. But, in the, back to just working, it's not, it is an advantage. Yeah. It is an advantage because you and I and two other people were on a show tonight and it was not a white themed show. Right. It was just a show. Um that would actually be terrible if it was a white themed show. <laughs> it might have gone over all right and early. <clears throat> That's true. They were like finally finally some pride we can understand. <laughs> How many flags are in that room? Good lord. Jeez. We get it. We get it. Uh I but do it, like, by the way, that what I like about a place like that is this, these are people who, this is why I'm not, like, completely, you know, like, so militant against the people I disagree with. It's like, me and the owner of that place would probably get along great unless sure. we talked about one specific thing, you yes. know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's how you get through life. You avoid the one specific thing. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, uh, and that thing is probably Trump is what I'm guessing. Probably. Uh, or probably more accurately, it's Biden or like AOC or something right. like that. I don't. I probably wouldn't actually have that big of a problem with. There we go. I believe we oh are witnessing boy. a street race. Here. Oh my goodness! You boys, be safe. Right as we hit the wettest part of the freeway, also. Uh, anyway, to finish that point, I was going to say about it's, you know, it. For uh, a person of color or a woman or woman of, you know, you, you guys know how people work. Uh, it's, there is a thing of like, oh, we had a woman headliner last week, so maybe we shouldn't this week. Right. Or we shouldn't have, you know, same with black guys or whatever. And that's just not a thing that we have to, as white dudes, we don't have to deal with that, you know? Well, here's, what I will say is the advantage that white dudes have is... In almost every city, the audience wants to see us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The disadvantage, or the thing that I would say is, like, black dudes are doing great in comedy. Sure. Statistically, you're, you're an occasional, you're a, Mc, would you say a McClaniac from way back? <laughs> yeah, that's your, you've yeah, yeah, the phrase. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about it multiple times, that Maria Bamford database, mm -hmm. where black dudes are overrepresented even compared to white dudes, by pop, like compared to their population in the country. Which is fucking, nobody's saying like, oh, these people are giving preferential treatment to black dudes. No, we just assume those dudes are great at comedy right. that, are, that are getting booked, right? It would be considered racist to say, well, these guys are just, you know, they just want a fucking black headliner, so they, you know, whatever. Right. No, I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And I also, if you're looking for a stage advantage, it depends on the act, but they're, let's say it's a predominantly white crowd and it's a black comedian, the, that black comedian, 
median, although there might be a not as much as a shared experience, so maybe the material might not hit them. It depends on the material. But when you and I are performing, when they laugh at us, it doesn't make them feel better as people. And when they laugh at a black person, they go, I knew I was cool. Yeah. I knew that I, look how much we're identifying or, you yeah. know, there, and there is that thing to the point where there are certain, I would say, uh, it's like a black act hack yeah. where it's like, you get, it gets to the point, you know what you have the joke about, oh, I came to your town and I saw a black guy on the news and it was me. And, right. Uh, and there are certain black entertainers who, if they walk into a room of black people, they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because they're so used to, their whole act is fish out of water, look at all these white people. Yeah. That it, it becomes like this different thing. And it's, it's, now you and I could do fish out of water at a predominantly black show. I just think it's less successful. <clears throat> yeah. I think, uh, the guy that I always bring up, and it's not because I don't think he's talented, but I think that people don't realize how big he is, is, uh, Joe Coy. Yeah. Joe Coy's like in, Washington, he sells out the Shower Center, which is a fucking hockey arena. Yeah. Uh, and it's part of it is because I think he's like a very talented guy, but he's got material that I wouldn't be like proud of or that I know for sure a white guy couldn't get away with. Like what would be considered like offensive well, accents. Sure, he can do accents. And, and part of the thing is, is like he is Filipino and there's like two Filipino comics. Yeah. So he, there's like no such thing as Filipino hack. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gets to do all the shit that like, if there were 10,000 Filipino comics, there'd be 6,000 of them with that joke, but there's two. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that is true. And I, I know there's this guy, Mark Yaffe, who is a, um, Native American comedian, and he'll right. do Native American themed shows. In fact, they did a Showtime special, and he told. It's very funny to think about, but I mean, the the unless it's a Native American themed show, the odds you're going to run into another Native comedian are minuscule. Right. Just out on the road somewhere, I know I can think of five in my life I've ever, you know. But so they did this Showtime special. And they're all backstage, and they're like, "Wait, you're doing a Thanksgiving joke? Oh shit! Right? Oh, you're you're doing a, a like every just whatever general native things that you might talk about. Like they were so used to not to owning all those premises that if <laughs> they had to like divide it up backstage to be like, oh, you're gonna do the blanket smallpox yeah. joke, you know? It's like a five-person showcase that lasts 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a dude, and this could be Native American hack, but there was a dude at our local scene named Danny Littlejohn. I who, remember uh, that name, yeah. I've, I haven't seen him perform in a long time. I know there was... Uh, I know some people don't like him. I never had a problem with him. But he'd come up and he'd say, like, he'd start his act in, uh, start his act by coming up and speaking, like, a couple sentences in a Native American language. And then he'd go, learn the fucking language. 
like learn you're in America learn the language yeah I like that yeah that's funny uh, but that could be like I don't know if that's again it's like you know it's unlikely to run into another Native American comic it's also I've never seen another Native American comic that I know of besides I know who you're talking about is it Yaffe yeah I know who he is but I've never seen him perform well it's also interesting <clears throat> that like uh, back when there was less comedians of color you know, I'm talking 80s or even before that. Just like, I'm talking like Freddie Prince Jr. was like Puerto Rican. Right. And uh, there's a... There's no, Freddie Prince Sr. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> well, I guess Freddie Prince Jr. is less Puerto Rican. But yes. He must partly be. Half is Puerto Rican. Yes. Um, yes, Sr., of course, Sr. Uh, it's... If you ever look it up, it's pretty uncomfortable to watch because it's it's just sort of like, I don't know, you just feel like, is this what you want, white people? I stab people, is that what you think? I have knives because I'm Puerto Rican. You know, yeah. it's, it's like kind of uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, that's very white of me to put that on them. That, to, to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, there was an old, there's a native, I think his name was Charlie Hill or something, like a long time ago. But like, I'm trying to imagine, I just happened to see this because someone was talking about it. I'm trying to imagine it in today's modern. Honestly, it, I, I have never been so humiliated in my life, really. I fucked up. Are you trying to be funny now? Because no, I'm I really not up. in the mood. I fucked up. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you, Gabe. Are we still recording? We're back to recording, but on my phone. Son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, the, the only way you could be a female comedian is to be totally bizarre and unfuckable, basically. Right. Even uh, even Joan Rivers, when she was, like, young, free, way too many surgeries, she was, like, a fairly attractive person, but she dressed not that she had to be like outlandish it could, he had to be like a crazy character or like, right. you know and, and I do think that stuff like that is different now where it's like you know you can at least you don't have to be some weird version of a woman to be palatable to the crowd yeah. as, as much as you used to you know it's still different for even a white woman uh, than you and I it's still well, different it's such a it's a different um, you know, from the audience's perspective, from you know, they accept different things from you. Their yeah. stuff sounds dirtier from a woman, uh, that kind of stuff. So it is. What is your rule about? Was it dirty stuff sounds dirtier in a backyard? Is that the? You gave me a rule about dirtiness that I. Yeah. I, I think I even said it on one show because I was talking about something, and I was like, I think I said like. Gabe told me before the show that this that dirty sounds dirtier in a backyard, and he was fucking right. No, he is right. I am he. Uh, <laughs> because it's, it's such a, especially it's like, I don't know, it's just like a casual family gathering, sort of. Yeah. And it's like, in the nightclub setting, the lights are down, there's stage lights, you have people bringing you drinks. It's like, oh, this is a show, and you're up there talking about ass eating, and they're like, oh, what a fun show. <clears throat> yeah. You get invited to someone's house, you're in their backyard talking about ass eating, they're like, good lord. Yeah. There's times when it feels silly, 
like, I put it towards the end of my set always, if I can, because it's like, at the beginning of my set, there's way more people who are just eating. Yep. And I don't, I don't want to be, like, yeah. grossing people out. It's not always true. Some, sometimes, this isn't looking great, by the way. Why is there traffic at this hour? At this hour? <clears throat> uh, my neighbor, my, my neighbor is an old lady who somehow comes across even older than she is. And she's, a, she's, I think she's 75 or 80, I can't remember. But I thought she was that old when we moved in 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she'll, it's just, I mean, Olympia is not a big town, you know? And she'll say stuff like, I was going to, I, I, I had putting a bunch of boxes in the back Ooh. of the van. So. And uh, she's like, are you going Are you going to recycle those? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, where are you, where are you going? And I go, well, they're out by the, the, the I call it the dump because I'm old, but it's like sanitation or whatever. I'm like, they have a big recycle thing. She's like, are you going to go all the way out there, traffic this time of day? <laughs> and like, in a li- there's no traffic. There's none. <clears throat> it's just preposterous to me uh, how, how nervous this old lady is about <laughs> traffic. I'm like, you couldn't live anywhere besides here. My grandpa, <clears throat> when I got like, oh, I'm gonna, I hate the fucking blind lane change. This is actually good. Cause this I'm trying to put together what happened here. What's gone wrong here? I suspect this is a an accident of some kind. <clears throat> I drove out to Monroe the other day. Oh, I talked about it on the podcast. On the way home, there were just so many. There were like five accidents. It was rainy. Not it was more rainy than this. It was very rainy. Um, this we're gonna see something horrible. I hope not. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Oh, maybe it was those street racers. Actually, would not be surprised. I don't see much happening, but there's. Or is one car faced the wrong way? Yeah. <clears> that would be funny if the street... I think the street racing, I saw the recorder still working. And then... Yeah, it's just... Speaking of which, the trip to Monroe, man, we got... I have it on... I might just release it sometime, but... We got into it. Me and Greg Beachler. What were you guys arguing about? Well, that looked like a fucking accident also. This is what was going on that day, because it would be like, oh, here's an accident, and then I'm like, oh, shit, that's an accident that the cops, like, are just now getting to. That... <clears throat> anyway, um, we were talking about that, about, like, the perception of... Um, of uh, the shooting, police shooting issue. Okay. Kind of the same thing you and I talked about, but with a black guy there, so it was theoretically more palatable. But we also, like, at a point it just became uh, him telling me about how he didn't like my roast joke. And so I was, I think my tone shifted to a bad place for a conversation about race. Not, no, not, not my roast joke. He, uh, he told me about how he did, I had the worst out of this. 10th anniversary night, which is funny because I don't I don't think I did, but I don't think I had a great set, but I know the aforementioned Josh Firestein 
my friend Josh Fires, but I should make that clear, ended his set with, all right, well, that's going to be it for me, which is a bad sign. Yeah, that's never. <clears throat> you guys ready to keep this thing going? Yeah. yeah. The way you talk about police brutality and reform, and if we did, did you have the worst set of the night? Well. It was a hell of a conversation. We went a lot of directions. Yeah. And then I got, when we were really deep into the race talk, it started missing fucking exits. <laughs> and it just, it just looked like, okay, oh, he's so racist, he can't talk about it without, he can't talk about these issues without it ruining. It's tough to get to Monroe. There's like a bunch of weird yeah, exits. <laughs> and then I open my, my set with, uh, with, uh, it's nice to be here. It's so fucking hard to get to this city. I understand you don't want any black people here, but Jesus, you make it difficult. I'm sorry I brought Greg, and then they laughed at that. That's the thing, man, is uh, these concerns, you know, I think it's probably the audience I've performed, audiences I've performed in front of since I've resumed doing comedy regularly have been more conservative than I'm, I normally perform in front of. And yeah. they're fucking awesome. Yeah, they are. I mean, as long as we don't trip the things that would annoy us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, neither you or I are, like, very political on stage, which is why it's annoying that things that we say or that I say, I won't put it on you, but get taken as political. It was tonight, I even mentioned it on stage. I have, like, a quick little throwaway joke about when I performed in Pakistan. Yeah. And I say, uh, I performed a little shows in Pakistan, for the troops, not our troops, but against the gang. <clears throat> and it's, it, tonight was the first night there was zero response. Yeah. No one made a, they were, I think they just accepted it. Like, it was so funny to me. I think there was actually some, oh, in the back. Yeah, yeah, and it, I was so, I usually, it's a nice pop, and then a few, like, under the, under the laugh, there's a few people who are like, ha, 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 and that's kind of fun to play with, too. Right. But it's like, tonight was the first night where they were like, they were just like, either they thought I was telling the truth, or they're like, why would you joke about this? Uh, <laughs> which I thought was kind of, it, it amused me. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. You guys are like, he would, this son of a bitch. Well, and then there's that guy that yelled out, he's like, where's Pakistan? What's Pakistan? Yeah. Or something it's like, Oh, you're, I get what you're trying to do. Like, you're trying to make, like, a clever racist joke about Pakistan. But you're fucking not doing it. Like, you're executing it poorly. I didn't even get that. I didn't even get that he was trying to do that. I, I was just, I, I think I just said East. I don't even know what yeah. I said. But it, it, uh, which isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think he was trying to be like, fuck Pakistan. Yeah, I get that. But, but, it's, but it's also, that's our... <laughs> It's so stupid for a lot of reasons. And this comedy is, I don't think we have troops in Pakistan. Right. That's for one thing. I mean, we did when we got uh, Bin Laden. That was like a secret mission. I thought that was Afghanistan. No, that wasn't in Pakistan. Oh, was it? was right now. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, it's not even the Middle East. Oh, really? It's technically considered... South Asia because it's right next to India. Oh, that's right. They used to be part of India. But it's kind of like, you know, it's like one of those, sometimes people are, you call it the South, even though it's not that far south. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Right. But it is, uh, it is, it is kind of fun. I wanted to say that. 
I should look into it more and have that saber line. But I'm like, I don't think we have troops in Pakistan. They don't want us there. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't think they have oil and they have nuclear weapons, so we leave them alone. (laughs) This is a tremendous subject change. But, like, that's one of the... When I was hanging out in Pakistan, uh, they're very happy they have nuclear weapons. Right. Because they... That's the only reason we don't fuck with them. That's what they said. And I'm like, well, you must be right, because we don't. Yeah. You know, I, I can't dispute that, you know. Uh, I mean, we have drone strikes. The Taliban and ended up getting some hospitals and schools and, you know, how America do. Yeah. Uh, but that, but yeah, I never thought about that. It's like, oh, that's why they want to play yeah. It's not even that they want to attack us. They want us to leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, that that was like, I did. I was a little bit annoyed on your behalf, even though maybe you weren't that annoyed, because I've heard you do that joke a lot of times. Sure. It's, it's interesting to me, because that's like, the, what that guy was doing, in my opinion, and I think you're, you maybe read us into it, but I was... I was just annoyed with him. Is, uh, he's doing the thing that he would, a guy like him would say that, like, woke comedy fans do, which is, like, he's deciding not to laugh. Yeah. He's going, oh, no, I'm going to decide that this, I've watched an entire fucking comedy show. <laughs> this is the end, by the way. All this is at the end. Yeah, and it's, and it's uh, this is the moment where I'm going to take it on at face value as though this person is not joking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Everything else he said was a joke. It didn't seem serious. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, I think it's like, again, it's just like, like you said, they, we all have those same fucking shitty qualities. Every, I mean, the, the left and the right or whatever. Um, and it's just his thing happens to be like, Apparently, talking about Pakistan. Well, that guy in the beginning, I said something and he yelled out something. And I, I was trying to think of the word um, conscience, mm. like your, let your conscience be your guide. But I couldn't. I wanted what I wanted to say was like, this is like if my conscience was an asshole. <laughs> and I eventually got there, but because I couldn't think of the word conscience, I just said, I said something like, oh, this guy's like an asshole. And then I was, I, and then he was, before I had time to say something else, he goes, yep, I am. So he's like, <laughs> he's one of those guys, you know. Yeah. In fact, was that the guy that was pitching a street joke about how fat he was? I don't know. I don't, I think that was a different guy. That was a different guy who, who just launched 38 jokes in two minutes <laughs> at us. I also was, like, confused because he asked me if I had a shirt, and then he just bought your shirt. Yeah, I didn't know what was happening either. Yeah. I, I knew he was going to leave with a shirt, and it was a coin flip if it was, it was going to be yours or mine. <laughs> uh, what was the one he told me? And, you know, none of them were his, which yeah, is okay. fine. He's not a professional comedian. He was like, uh, oh, I, I gained so much weight during coronavirus that I stepped on the scale, and it said... You should be social distancing. 
thought I was two people or some shit. Oh, that's funny. Oh, buddy. I mean, it's fun. I actually don't think that's too bad. There's no, I've heard much worse, but yeah. But it is, it is a weird thing to be like, these guys like jokes. I'll go over there and... <clears throat> yeah. It's like bringing your guitar to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I right. saw what you were doing up there. I'm gonna actually stop this so we can, because there's a little bit of real shit I want to talk about. <laughs>